Well, Oregon's 2024 recruiting class currently sits at number six nationally. And if the chips fall in the right way, it could end up being top five. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. If you have not already, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started we've got our locked on recruiting insider here at the network his name is brian smith back once again for what i believe is his third but far from his final appearance here on the show brian great to have you back and recruiting as you know just keeps on rolling baby this is the time of year where it gets really interesting this is the weekend where it kind of generates the most buzz and then there's four or five weekends in a row everybody visits and then early july it just goes crazy with everybody committing so we have entered the recruiting calendar hotspot. Let's get we'll talk, and, and And we're going to talk about timelines today and specific players and five stars that Oregon's going after. But I wanted to start big picture here, Brian. Number six ranked recruiting class from the high school ranks. You know, Portal hasn't been factored in, in yet because Portal hasn't started yet for 2024, but that will come later. But I think if Oregon is able to land some of these five stars, it looks to me like they could, if things go their way, get into the top five nationally. Do you agree? Yes. They're certainly in the conversation. There's about eight schools, give or take, that are usually in that conversation. The names shall not shock anyone. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Texas, Texas A&M. You know, Miami might have a shot. Florida, Florida State. You know, Clemson doesn't recruit quite the same even though they're a great program, but the, those are pretty much the schools. LSU could be thrown in there too, obviously. Oregon's start is the thing that surprised me. I don't expect them to be this far out this quick. So Lanning and his staff have done a really good job. It's just like I, I was talking to you yesterday about this. Oregon recruits 90% of their class out of state. That's hard. There are only two or three schools that do that and have any success. Notre Dame's probably the closest with that. It's a totally different situation, but – you know, they're in Indiana. There's not a lot of in-state talent, but at least they have Chicago right there, Detroit, Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Oregon doesn't have that. It's hard to recruit there, yet they're doing this. So first off, give them credit. But the visit list that we're going to talk about with some of these five stars, it shows the true effort. It, it's amazing what Oregon's done, and they deserve to be recognized. Yeah, I think Lanning has done a great job of kind of setting the tone from the outset and then continuing that momentum, keeping the pace and making it very clear this is something that we place a high priority on, and that's exactly what we would like him to do as, as the head coach of our uh, our football program uh, program podcast with a U, not an A, uh, because of how how Lanning uh, pronounces that. But talk about the the timelines here, Brian, because we've got a bunch of official visits lined up for for the month of June. We'll get to some of those names, but you know we kind of had that wave in in April and May where there were portal kids there were high school kids you had three four stars commit in like a three day span in Michael Van Buren the quarterback and Dylan Gresham the wide receiver and then uh, Zadavian Sims the defensive lineman it all kind of has floated and now everything's kind of kind of simmered 
since spring football wrapped up graduations, I think are kind of, you know, what everyone's doing at the high school and college ranks right now. So when could this sort of stuff pick up again? Well, really after this weekend, you got kids visiting all over the country. Even if it's a kid that's not on your campus, he might commit to some other. That changes who you recruit. That changes how you recruit that kid. Or do you still recruit that kid? Everything changes starting this weekend. Commitments will happen, but more of them will happen the back half of June into the first 10, 12 days of July. That's by far the busiest time of the year now, the way the recruiting calendar has been set up by the NCAA for visits to end up being commitments. So last year, like July 4th, There'll be, I'll guess, a half dozen kids in the top 250 commit. It's cool to commit on a national holiday. There'll be July 3rd to July 5th will be huge. So we'll look and see, but that's kind of the window. And with everybody, based on what I've seen from the top 100, Oregon included recruiting a lot of these kids, they're all taking June visits. So we're, we're real close to a lot of decisions. So, so some kids are are deciding, you know, maybe after this weekend, some kids will, will draw it out a little bit because a, a lot of kids are taking visits during the month of June, right? In, in, including, you know, in, in Oregon commit, I believe Zadavian Sims, who I mentioned earlier, has got that or had at one point in time that visit lined up to to Michigan State. Is that kind of the way it, it looks, broadly speaking, is, is for most kids, June is visit time, and then July and maybe August are kind of commitment time? Yes, that's it. They're, they're, they're kind of sick of being bothered by guys like me, for one. <laughs> um, it, it's true. Uh, once we get to this point, the kids don't pick up the phone, and they haven't been picking up the phone for a long time anyway. They're just tired of it. The way you get a hold of them is more or less like Twitter and stuff, and you just get bits and pieces. But by and large – they, they're just overhearing it from the college coaches, too, and they'll make a decision. What they don't know is that doesn't stop them from making those calls. But that's another discussion and, and another time. I just think they also, their parents and everything, want some clarity. The head coach at their high school wants some clarity. They don't want to go into their season worrying about recruiting. There's so many reasons to get it done in July and or August. So that's why, and it probably won't change as long as the NCAA allows June visits. Yeah, and I remember last year when I went down to OT7 in, in Las Vegas and I talked to Jaden Rashada, and he hadn't decided at that time where he was going to go. Of course, he ended up at Arizona State through a whirlwind of decisions yeah. and whatnot. I mean, yeah, one of the craziest recruitments of the last five years or so, at least that, that, that I can remember. But I remember – you know, standing there and and talking to the kid. And he's got maturity beyond his years. But, I mean, he's answering questions because he knows that he has to and it's part of the process. But, man, he was so worn out. He 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 was so done with – he just – he wanted it to be over because he would – he just – he looked exhausted. He literally looked physically exhausted as he was talking about it. This after he's on the field and was, you know, dropping dimes and playing with our guy Jerry on Dickey and all, all, all that sort of stuff. But – uh, what, one other question on on this pair of topics, uh, Brian, and this is a question that came in uh, from Hambone Duck, which I appreciate, even though, as we all know from uh, Animal House, the, that, that uh, you give your love a, a chicken that has no bone. That's an Oregon reference that Duck fans will get. And Brian is looking at me like, dude, you are so absolutely wildly crazy, which is possible. I don't know what the hell that means, but exactly. Duck fans will get it. But Hambone Duck asks, I have a mailbag question. We're sitting at number six and recruiting for the 2024 cycle. What or who do you think we could add to bring us into the top two or three? 
that's a really high threshold to try and crack when you've got USC, you got Notre Dame, Georgia, Alabama, all that sort of stuff. But they're in a position to be within striking distance of having that conversation. What would it take to get them over the hump like that? They got to get Stone or somebody. You got to get a top 10 kid if you're going to finish in the top three. Uh, that changes your rankings. Um, you also need some pretty con consistent recruiting across the board. If you look at any class, any year, say the top three teams that end up in the, you know, LSU, Alabama, whatever it is, you don't see a lot of three stars on there. You might have one or two. That's it. Um, Stone would be important, and anybody they can get Elijah rushing. Guys that are top 50, to be top three, you'd need like six or seven of them probably. I mean, the Georgia-Alabama thing they've done the last couple of years, it's just dumb, like how many kids they've gotten in that group. But Ohio State's in that group too to a certain degree. You're going to need a half dozen or more top 50 kids. Can they do it? Based on their visit list, it is technically possible. So I also need to see them expand a little bit more in the fall. They've got some visits lined up with some guys already. They're starting to do some September stuff. Need a little more time to figure out who all they're going to bring in there, but they might get some kid from Maryland or to, to visit. You never know. And, and that's one of those things where wouldn't be the first time. Chance. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like they, they've always done well with that stuff. So why would they change all of a sudden now? I think there's a, there's a good chance that the Ducks at least finish where they're at now, like number six. Being outside the top five is not bad, but being in the top three is not out of it either. I mean, if you get stoned, then, you know, you're, you're rolling in the right direction. Yeah, and Stone is one of those names we need to talk about of the uh, five-star variety. We also need to talk about FanDuel Sportsbook because you can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and get a no-sweat first bet if you're a new customer up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The FanDuel Sportsbook app has got great promotions every day. It's safe, secure, super easy to use with a great interface, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action with the NBA, NBA Finals tipping off tonight for those listening or watching on Thursday than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official sports betting partner of the N. B A. So Brian, let's talk about some names and talk about the the sort of prospect that everybody loves more than everybody else, and that'd be the that'd be the five star players. I feel like it's you know five stars or three stars are everyone's favorite because five star gives you all the hype, and three star you just talk yourself into how unbelievably underrated the guy is, which does happen sometimes. But you know four stars, it's just like. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but there's not not as much to expand upon, perhaps. But the visitor list for Oregon in June, they got a lot of big time five star recruits on there. I mean, Landing and Company and Tosh Lupoy, this is kind of what was was billed when they were hired, when they came over from Georgia in the NFL. And Lupoy was at Alabama and he's been a recruiter of the year before. Like these guys' recruiting prowess has been you know well documented over the course of their careers, and they are bringing that as best they can to to eugene so as you look at the the list of five-star names that oregon is going to be bringing through campus in june are there any for for you that you've kind of heard pop up on oregon's radar perhaps more than some others elijah rushing i'm not sure what date he's visiting i assume it's this month but they they could always back it to the fall which with him i probably would to be honest 
He's the defensive lineman from the state of Arizona that the free world is recruiting. Uh, Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame, you, you name it, they've offered. The three schools I heard the most, uh, I think it was even yesterday, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Oregon were like three of the teams trending with him. But he's a pure edge rusher that has the height and the length that you're looking for. So he can pick whatever freaking school he wants. Oregon's going to get a visit. It's just a matter of can they win the long-term battle. This is a kid that's – I don't care if he commits now or in three months. He's a signing day kid regardless. Let's establish that now. So it's a long-term deal. Can you get him to come on campus and blow him away? Oregon's done that with kids for years. Why would that be any different now? But that's that's a kid that people need to be aware of. And Oregon's had some success in the state of Arizona too. They have historically. I don't know. I don't know why that is. You get the two climates are very different. That that's for sure. <laughs> that's about as different as a desert and a rainy place. Hey, I mean, Oregon falls are very nice. September, October, very very nice in the Pacific Northwest. Let's not mention November and December where you're just crossing your fingers that it doesn't downpour or start hailing or snowing. I'll leave, I'll leave that for you to discuss. I, don't even want to talk about I live in Florida. I don't deal with that. So. Yeah, you can see it right there on YouTube. FB Scout underscore Florida. This is all a foreign, all a completely foreign concept to him. Rain and snow and hail and every every. Well, not rain necessarily, but anyway, it's, so it's warm rain here. It is very yeah. It's very warm and it's very different. So rushing is a kid that Oregon actually had on their radar. I think as early as last spring. That, that they, you know, kind of first made contact or that I first talked about him here on the show or that they had him for for a visit. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Ducks are kind of putting on the full court press there because I think when you talk about, you know, Oregon having to recruit out of state, Brian, it also, you know, it is, is more important almost that they dominate West Coast recruiting as much as they can. You've seen them going to Washington and get a lot of really – high rate highly rated recruits out of there california of course has kind of become the the biggest state of the of the big three california texas and florida though texas is kind of moving into that conversation now for the ducks with this new staff but that's been a hotbed for him but arizona i feel like if you're dan landing in the staff that feels like a west coast state and that feels like the sort of state you need to be into given the lack of high level talent that comes out of the state of oregon every year I don't see how you can not go that route. That's that's how I would. They have to recruit every state from Seattle to Phoenix and, and on down that coast because you just can't think about how many miles their coaching staff puts on just in cars and then you go into the plane trips. You can only recruit so many Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee. At some point, you know, you got to get some of the guys in the backyard, Sacramento, San Francisco area, L.A., obviously. And then if you want to get a few Seattle kids, not only do you get a good player, you're getting a kid from your rival, you know, out of the backyard of the Washington Huskies. So, yeah, it's vital that they can get, let's say, a third of their class from traditional Pac-12 regions. You know, if they get a kid from Utah, they've done that before, too. They need to get some of those kids. It's so important. It is so important because you're just going to wear yourself out otherwise. Yeah, and, and it's a long way to go to Florida from Oregon. I think oh, it's clo clo close to terrible. yeah, it's close close to one of the longest flights in the country. I think the longest one is Seattle to to Miami. to Miami. I think that's the longest one you can do if you don't factor in Alaska. But I don't even know if you can fly directly places uh, from from the state of Alaska. But another kid that's been on Oregon's radar is is a five star Williams Nguyenary, whose name I think I'm getting pretty good at saying. I think I hope. 
but what what's kind of the latest that that you've heard on him and and where the ducks stand he is an interesting case study based on the viewpoint of oregon they have a september visit lined up with him which i think is smarter because i don't think he's going to make a summer decision that sticks anyway but his visit list i wrote it down georgia then oklahoma then tennessee then missouri so at least he's visiting the in-state school. But does anybody really think he's going to Missouri? I don't. I think that this, this is a Georgia-Oklahoma-Tennessee battle until the fall. Oregon is the wild card. Lanning and his group decided to play it off into the fall. They're going to try to bring him in for a big game weekend. I don't know who that is, but I'm guessing it's somebody pretty good. And Oregon is, man, they're game day visits. I've heard just great stories about those. If you're going to get the 6'5", 250 kid that Kirby Smart wants on the edge, you better have a good environment because nobody recruits better than Georgia. But uh, they don't just go up to Kansas City for kids very often either. That also tells you a little bit about the talent that Nawari has. He's he, he's rarefied air in terms of the athleticism. He's a lot like rushing, same kind of almost identical kind of size. Those are the kids you got to get if you're going to beat Georgia. Those are the kinds of kids you got to get to just get to the Pac-12 championship game. Pass rushers are always at a demand. Oregon's playing the long game to get him. Well, I think that's the right way to to go about it. If you're, you know, Oregon, you know, putting on the full court press right now and trying to get him to commit really, really soon. If you're behind the eight ball in that sense, doesn't seem like it's the, the no, best way no, to go no. about it. And no, you know that he he being a Kansas City kid, that's where Landing is originally from, and you know he played at at Jewel College out there, so he's probably got at least some ties knowledge base connection somewhere here and there to to that particular area so no surprise to see uh, Oregon in there given the the kids talent as well but uh, another five star that I, that I've gotten more than a couple questions about is is Brandon Baker and he's been you know it, it it feels like Oregon is in a good position not not a lock for sure Max Torres frequent guest of the show did write a prediction for Baker to Oregon a, a while back, but I'm curious what, what you're hearing on, on that front, Brian, for the nation's number one offensive tackle. He's at modern day, which automatically makes me think without looking at anything, he's going to Southern Cal. They have dominated that school forever. Oregon has been the one program that has consistently at least pushed themselves into the mix though. The reason I'm concerned is USC needs better offensive line recruiting. If they're not going all out for this kid, I'm not sure what that staff is doing. It's the one spot I'm, I'm a little surprised they haven't done better because historically they were always great at it. But if if he stays on the West Coast, it's one of those two. Miami's been involved with him, and he has offers from numerous SEC schools. My question is not where he's going, but when does he make a public decision? I have no idea where he's going. And from talking to me, I have no idea where he's going. He, he's one of those kids that I can't give you a ton of insight, but I know the Ducks are heavily involved. If Max Torres made a prediction, that's a good sign, but I'm still weary with USC. This my history with that school and knowing it. Uh, that That's rough to beat a kid that they really want from their own backyard. But Oregon, again, they, they've had the most success in doing it. So this this month with his visits will probably tell the tale you're at least going to kind of know. Oh, offensive linemen traditionally commit earlier. Why? I don't know, but they just usually do. If the Ducks are not in the final two or three, I would be surprised, but we'll probably know by, again, July 4th, give or take. That's pretty much when we'll know. 
Yeah, I think with with a guy like that, it's, you know, coming out of modern day, I think traditionally you you were right about USC dominating that school. I think when Clay Helton took over at USC, Oregon has kind of swooped (laughs) in and been like, well, if you're not going to go after these kids as hard as you should. We will go after these kids as hard as we should. Yeah, Clay Halton screwed USC. But Lincoln Riley being there, it, it sets a little bit of a, a of a different tone there. If it were a defensive lineman, I would maybe feel like even more confident about the Ducks' chances sure. to, to land him, given landing in Lupoy's background there and their recruiting prowess on that side of the ball. But it's an offensive guy, Lincoln Riley. Like it's it's hard. It, it, it's hard to say no, but. I think Oregon is uh, is definitely going to be having be able to to have a, a chance there. Guy we mentioned earlier, I got two more guys to ask you about. Guy we mentioned earlier, David Stone, uh, and then we'll get to Justin Williams to to wrap things up today. Stone is the guy that that you alluded to earlier on the show that you know if you landed a guy like him, that's how you get into top five or top three recruiting class territory. Where where is he at, and do you have any idea of? You know, not just how he feels about Oregon, but what his timeline is. His timeline is changing. It is completely in flux because I asked him about it a few weeks ago. He wanted to make a summer decision, but at the same time, he knows that with at least where it was a couple of weeks ago, that that's going to be hard. He was even having a hard time just getting his visit set. That's not a good sign for a summer decision. So my guess is Stone will take at least one official in the fall, at least. I don't, you know, he was he even mentioned to me because I, I asked him like Michigan State and Oregon, etc., like which one it's going to be. And he said a bunch of them wanted him to visit the same weekend, which isn't his fault. It's just the schools are being very picky and he can only be one place at a time. So somebody's got to give. And that's also probably going to push back the, the decision, which coaches, for people that don't know, college coaches are as stubborn as steel is hard to bend. <laughs> So it, it's no, it's it's historically really bad. So this could just push his decision back, which sucks. But at the same time, he's not going to just randomly pick a school. He said he didn't want to commit and then take visits, change, blah blah blah. So I think he'll make a decision closer to signing day now. But you think that whenever that decision does come, because of the way this process will play out, it, it's not someone who's going to continue being recruited or could be you know a possible flip on on signing day or anything like that, like. Whenever he does commit, it sounds like his timeline is much more drawn out. Whenever he does commit, it'll be that's the school of choice. That's where he's he's going to be going to. I think that he'll still take phone calls because he's a nice guy, but he made it clear and we didn't even ask. He said he just didn't want to be the guy that flips because so many other guys do it. Just because a teenager says that doesn't mean that's how it will play out. <laughs> yeah. Let me opinion, be clear. I'm restating what he said, not what he's going to do necessarily. Just the messenger. Brian's the messenger here. We're not. We're not going to shoot the messenger. We don't do that here, at Locked On Ducks. Um, unfortunately, every fan base has people that do that. But they, <laughs> if you could, if I could publish some of the things that I've received over the years, I'd number one get fired from everywhere because of the cuss words. But it would make a great book. So, like I have any, like I have any influence over what David does. But that's another story. Uh, people just want to take it out sometimes. He's. I'll give him credit. He's done what he said he's going to do. That's all I can really ask. I've interviewed David like four times. He's been recruited literally from Seattle, the University of Washington, to Miami. That's just more schools to narrow down. So it's harder. Again, he's a, he's the rare inside defensive lineman that is a pass rusher. 
Cannot stress that enough. There are only two or three of those in a class per year. That's why his recruitment is the way it is, and it's why he's a five-star and I think one of the top ten players in America. So timeline's going to be tough, man, but uh, if I was a school, I would feel better about it if I had a decision lined up with him later and I had a visit in the fall. That's how I look at it now based on what David's told. Last guy to ask you about today, Brian, is uh, Justin Williams, another guy who's been tied to Oregon on more than a few occasions, has a crystal ball on 24-7 sports uh, to the Ducks right now out of uh, Conroe, Texas, and Oak Ridge High School. Is is this a guy that you you feel that crystal ball is accurate, or is that just kind of a sign of cautious optimism for the Ducks in landing this kid? I would go latter for two reasons. Number one, this is another five-star player. He lives just north of Houston, good area, good program. He's not going to get Texas or Texas A&M stopping coming after him. He's not. I mean, like TCU's trending now. They were just in the national title game. His recruitment is odd because everybody recruits Houston. Everybody. You have to. It's one of the top five to six cities in America for football talent. you got the in-state schools. Auburn and the SEC schools, everybody is trying to get him. I want to see his full list of visits and what he does in the fall before I make any prediction with him. I'm sure a lot of people that live in Texas, and although the most of them will admit they're biased, will say he's going to end up at one of the two traditional in-state programs. But Texas is 13 and 12 the last two years. And if I remember correctly, AM won four and five games the last two years. They're like nine and 15. They're not exactly trending in the right directions in the state of Texas. So that just makes his recruitment just wild. And Oregon is like the, the favorite on 24-7, et cetera. If they can have a good visit with him and those two schools don't do well, especially out of the gate, then I think Oregon's chances really rise. I don't care about the commitment so much because kids don't honor their commitments all that, that often anyway. But how those two play out, and then let's see what other SEC schools he visits, maybe Oklahoma, that'll be interesting. But uh, it's just amazing that Lanning, again, why would you think a Houston kid would want to go to Oregon? It's just amazing. Oregon is the outlier of all outliers. They get kids from everywhere. It's a fascinating case study. But uh, he's going to have a lot of competition, Dan is, for, to get this kid. Texas A&M, Texas, TCU, those are the in-state schools after him. Auburn according to 24-7, is uh, interested. And then Oregon and USC, both West Coast schools that are that are trying to land, but highly sought after recruit. And shout out to all of you sending questions to uh, ask about for, for Brian on today's show. Hambone Duck, John, and Blazer Duck uh, and every day are out here. And we thank Brian Smith, as always, for the fantastic insight. He's at FBScout underscore Florida on Twitter if you want to check him out and send him a nice note to say thank you over there. But for now, we'll say thank you, Brian, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, sir. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. See you tomorrow. And until then, go Ducks.